Good evening and uh, welcome to Freedom Church. Before I start, I would like to pose a few questions to you. I will also pose the same questions at the end of the session. So as I go through this sermon this evening, I'd like you to ask yourself these questions. Who am I in Christ? What is my calling? When my race is done, will I have achieved my purpose on this earth? Who am I in Christ? What is my calling? When my race is done, will I have achieved my purpose on this earth? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening, Lord. Father, we want to commit this evening to you, our hands, Lord God. We pray, O Father, that, Lord God, everything that will be heard will come from you, Lord. Father, I pray that our hearts will be open, Lord God, to hear your word, O Father, and that, Lord, as you speak to us, O Lord God, we will hide your word in our hearts, O Father, so that we may not sin against you, O Father. I pray, Lord God, that as we hear your word, O Father, we will put it into practical application on our lives, O Lord God, so that, Lord God, we will walk with you all the days of our lives, O Lord. Father, we give you all honor, we give you all glory and all praise. I pray, O Father, for those that don't know you yet, O Lord God, that they will meet with you this evening, O Father, and that, Lord God, you'll touch them and impact in their lives, O Lord God. I pray, O Father, that your Holy Spirit will be at work, O Father, in your congregation. Lord, we give you all honor, we give you all glory and all praise. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. My session tonight is uh, entitled, Let's Cross Over to the Other Side. Our reading comes from, do I know where that comes from? Got no idea. It's in Mark 4, I believe, from verse 35. You could go into your Bibles and see if you can find that and tell me if I'm right or wrong. says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the little boats also were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care we are perishing? He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Shh, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and they said to one another, Who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Amen. So the one thing that we need to take note of here is that Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Let's cross over to the other side. The disciples didn't seem to take note of the instruction that Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side. He knew that the storm will arise while they were in the sailing. 
but it didn't let that deter him from telling them to go to the other side. Their destination was on the other side. It wasn't on the seabed. It was on the other side. But the disciples got terrified and they thought that the storm was going to take them or the boat was going to capsize with them. Jesus had been teaching all that day, if we look the verses before, it was a day where he taught them different parables about faith. And yet, when they are in the middle of the storm, they forget that they have Jesus who created the storm in there with them. So Jesus was tired and he wanted a shut eye. It's not that by him getting some rest, he was, un- he was, un- he was not aware of what was happening. He was aware of all that was happening. Although he might have been asleep, he did not lose control at all. He was still in control because we know that he controls the universe. So even though he might have been sleeping in the sand, but he was there with them. We know that uh, in Joshua, Joshua was told to be strong and courageous. God said, be strong and courageous. I will be with you. Do not be afraid. But the disciples let fear take over, even though they had Jesus in the physical, they were still afraid. They'd seen all the works that Jesus had done, but when the storm came, their faith was shaken. They could have uh, applied the teaching that they had during that day, but they, they soon forgot about it, and they focused on the storm. We see the same thing when Jesus walked on the water and called Peter to him. As long as Peter's gaze was focused on Jesus, he walked on the water. But as soon as he started to look to the wind and to look at other things, he began to think. So the same applies to us as the children of God, that we need to keep our focus on God. Storms will come, winds will come, but we need to keep our focus on him because he is our, source, is our only source of strength. So we need to look to him all the time. And what I need to remind each and every one of us, I ask you to ask yourself a few questions. Each and every one of us has got a calling. We are called to different things. We are called to different ministries within the church. And it is up to us as individuals to know what our calling is. And it is up to us to start activating that calling. Because if we don't activate that calling, it's not going to work. God needs us to cooperate so that he can use us. God is not going to force, uh, not going to force himself on us. We have to be willing to be, to, to be used by him. So we need to know what our calling is. There are different callings within the house of the Lord. Paul says in, in, in Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, 7, but to each one of us, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then down in verse 11 he says, And he himself gave to some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for edifying the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to, the perf- to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, 
that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by trickery of men in the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking truth in love may grow up in all things in him who, who is the head, Christ. So we all have got gifts within us and we need to activate those gifts. Somehow we need to know what, what your gift is, what your calling is. And unless you know what your calling is, you're not going to fulfill your purpose. And you need to know what that calling is so that you'll be able to cross over. As I said, we each have the same instruction that we need to cross over to the other side. Whether we like it or not, our instruction is we have to cross over. If we are not willing to cooperate with God, then we will stay on, on this side which is not where we are meant to be or we will sink to the seabed. The next question may be, how then do we cross over? Like, like the disciples had when Jesus said to them, let us cross over, our journey is not going to be easy. Winds and storms will come. They will batter our boats, but we need to be strong. We need to stand strong in the Lord. Despite all the storms, we have to persevere, knowing that Jesus is right there with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. So the first thing that we need to do in order to cross over is to get down to the stand and wake him. How do we get down to the stand? We get down on our knees and pray to God. He knows what's happening around us. He knows our circumstances. He knows all the challenges that face us. But it is up to us to activate him into action. Unless we knock at his door and say, Lord Jesus, we are perishing. Do something. He's not going to do anything. He has given us that ability to go to him and ask him. We know that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So, in order for us to do those things, we need to know Christ and we need to have him within us. Let it be him that's powering us. Let it be him that's directing us, showing us which way to go. And he will make a way when we are faced with troubles, when we are faced with difficulties. He will make a way and say, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way out of this situation. And he will provide for us whenever we are in need. He will make sure that there is a provision for us. But whatever we do, let us not seek God because of the good things that he can give us. But rather, let us seek God for who he is. Let us seek after his heart, not after his hands. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God already knows what you need. When you read earlier, it says, uh, even before we open our mouths to ask, 
He already knows what we need. So when we ask him, we are activating our faith. We are showing that we, we are putting our trust in him. Like he says in Jeremiah that blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree that's planted by the river. When we are praying and when we are activating our faith, we are putting our trust in him. And we are putting our roots into him so that we can suck the goodness that comes out of knowing him. So whenever you go down on your knees, be quite clear what your motives are. Be quite clear what it is that you want from God. The Bible tells us to seek him. And when we seek him, we know that everything else will be added unto us. So I'll urge you, ladies and gentlemen, that when you seek Christ, seek him for who he is, not what he can give you. Because what comes with knowing him is a bonus. But the greatest gift is knowing that you have eternal life in him. The second thing to crossing over is knowing your gifting. And some of us may have questions as to how do I know my gifting? How do I know what my calling is? Unless you inquire of the Lord, you will never know what your calling is. And unless you spend time in his presence, you will never know who he is. And as a result, you will not know what your calling is. So the first step to finding out what your calling is, is knowing who God is, spending time in his presence. The best way to know someone is to have a relationship with them. Spend time, you talk to them, and you not just talk to them, but you take time also to listen to them. Because a relationship is a two-way conversation. If you just ask, 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 ask all the time, the other person gets tired. So you have to ask and you have to give, you have to talk and you have to be quiet and listen. And also when you talk, you have to give that person a chance to process what you're saying. Because if you keep talking all the time, they will not understand what you're saying. Some of the things need processing before they can give you a response. So we need to be aware that when we do things, when we speak to God, we give him the chance to talk back to us. And we have to make sure that whatever we do, we do not do a drive-through service where you order in one window and you receive in the other. There is no time for a conversation. You just place your order, you drive through and collect your order on the other side. But what we need is where we sit down, sit down, oh, thank you for the chair. <laughs> you sit down and you put a chair on the other side for God so that you have a two-way conversation. Uh, I've heard some, some people say they have mornings, every morning where they have coffee with God. They'll have a cup of coffee and go and, and speak to God. So find a way that works for you and make sure you build a relationship with God. And once you build that relationship, 
you will then know what God's plan is for you. Um, it's not us that uh, face trials and, and tribulations. King David also suffered uh, trials uh, in First Samuel chapter 30 when he faced the storm of the Amalekites who had taken the women and children captive. He inquired of the Lord. Verse 7 says, Then David said to Abitha, the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring an effort here to me. And Abitha brought the effort to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this trip? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, that was God, Pursue them, and you shall surely overtake them, and without fail you will recover all. And because David had inquired of the Lord, he was able to pursue the Amalekites, and he defeated them, and he got all, all the spoils, and he got everyone back. So, in everything that you do, make sure that you inquire of the Lord. Don't just go about doing things. Some things might be simple and straightforward, but it is very important that we inquire of the Lord, because the Lord is the one that directs your steps. Sometimes you might think, oh, this is easy, I can do it. But that's not how the Lord wants you to do it. And you find that by doing it your own way, you, if you were meant to go to the cathedral, you find yourself going via Liverpool to get to the cathedral. If you had inquired of the Lord, he would have shown you a straight path to go to, to the cathedral and you'd be there in less than five minutes. But if you do your own way, you might take ten hours to get there. The children of Israel took 40 years to get from Egypt to Canaan because they were hard-hearted. They were not listening to what the Lord was saying to them. So in whatever we do, let's make sure that we listen, we inquire, and we do as the Lord says, not as we think the Lord is saying. We have to be sure that what we are, whatever decision we are taking, the Lord is in it. And one thing that we need to remember when we're going through trials is that we're not going through it alone. And God's grace is sufficient enough for us. Whatever trials, whatever temptation, whatever illness you may be going through, his grace is, is sufficient. Paul went through a similar situation and through that he learned that in difficult times the best thing that you can do is trust in Jesus. Second Corinthians 12, 7 says, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation, a son in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might, be, it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I'd rather boast in my infirmities than the that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So we know that in our weakness, God is in, is in his strongest. So when we go through things, let us not forget that we need to look to God for help. Because the psalmist tells us, he says, I'll look up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So we have to remember where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we have to be certain that he will not sleep, nor slumber. He is there for us 24-7. When we feel tired and weak, we have to remember that, that at that point, he is strongest. And by doing this, we get to experience the true meaning of Ephesians 3.20. And it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus in all generations forever and ever. Amen. So we know that we can do all things through Christ. And knowing that, we also need to give him the glory. Sometimes we tend to forget that the things that we do, we do because of the power that's been given to us by Christ. Having done that, we need to dwell in the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8, 10 tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So in all things, we need to be joyful. We need to rejoice in the Lord. And like Keith preached this morning, we also need to count it joy when we go, when we go through trials, knowing that trials build patience. And it is from the Lord that we can learn that patience. And finally, we need to get rid of all fear. The word tells us to be strong and courageous. Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and be of good courage? Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And also in 2 Timothy 1 7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So we know that in all things we've, gone, we've been given a spirit of power and a spirit of love. And 1 John 4, 18 tells us that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he loved us first. So, in everything that we do, where fear tries to take over, we need to replace that with love. And know 
that perfect love casts out fear. So if we genuinely seek to cross over to the other side, then it is important to know that storms will come our way. But if we keep our focus in the right place, then we will know that we we are going to make it through to the other side. As I finish off, I just want to leave you with a video. And I want to ask yourself the same question that I posed to you when I started. Who am I in Christ? What is my calling? When my rest is done, will I have achieved my purpose in this earth? And after the video, uh, Rosie, can you do the last song that you did? And if there is anyone who does not know Christ and would like to give their life to Christ, could I speak to someone after the service that can speak to Pete or, or Keith or anyone they feel comfortable to speak to? And remember, we have been told that we need to cross to the other side and our destination is on the other side. God bless you.